Hail and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self Evident. My name is Eliana and I'm here with Alyssa and Bryn. All right, so today we're going to be talking about forgiveness and what that means, a Christian perspective of that, and uh, how that even helps you as a person. Well, we first need to define our terms. So, Alyssa, would you like to take that one? I would love that. Now, over the over the years and with different theologians, different definitions for forgiveness have been given. But the one that I've personally landed on is one that is given by Pastor Chris Bronze in his book, Unpacking Forgiveness. And his definition goes like this. A commitment by the offended party to pardon graciously the repentant from moral liability and to be reconciled to that person, although not all consequences are necessarily eliminated. And now in this podcast, we are going to break up the phrases and go through what each one of them means. We're going to go through biblical support and why it's included in the definition. Yeah, that's beautiful. So it's really it's really like a small picture of what Jesus did for us ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Christ is always our example in everything. And for many people, especially Christians, the biblical command to forgive can be very scary. It raises a lot of anxiety-inducing questions such as, doesn't me forgiving someone mean that everything is okay? Or should things go back to the way they were? Am I supposed to be best friends with her again? Or what if they continue their behavior? All of these questions that are understandable um, come up. And, you know, Scripture has an answer. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing. Absolutely. And these questions are normal to the human experience as life is filled with trials and suffering, whether it's the sensitive topic of abuse broken friendships, toxic relationships, the wounds of gossip, you name it. Forgiveness always comes up as, how do I forgive? What does that look like? What what even is it? And all of us would be able to pinpoint a time in our life when forgiveness and what it meant seemed very elusive, maybe even impossible to do. Thankfully, the scriptures, according to 2 Peter, have given us everything we need for life and godliness. And this includes how to unpack the biblical command to forgive. I too have struggled with the question of what forgiveness is and what it looks like in the life of a believer and part of the fallen human race. Recently, I read a book on this topic actually that completely renewed my spirit and the Lord and gave me clear definitions and clear instruction on this topic. First time I've ever read anything that has just told me what it is and why. And I recommend that if you are struggling with this topic and how to implement true forgiveness, that you read Unpacking Forgiveness, Biblical Answers for Complex Questions and Deep Wounds by Pastor Chris Bronze. Very easy read. The chapters are short, and yet they're so succinct. And as I referenced before, he gives this definition that I'm going to unpack throughout the podcast. And it's a commitment by the offended to pardon graciously the repentant from moral liability and to be reconciled to that person, although not all consequences are necessarily eliminated. And I would stress to note the key phrase, the repentant. As Bronze will go on to unpack that definition throughout this book, the truth that forgiveness is dependent upon repentance is hammered home again and again. Also notice that reconciliation and forgiveness go hand in hand. If reconciliation has not taken place, then forgiveness has not taken place either. In starting this discussion, it's important to outline the three key points that I'm going to be reviewing. The first one is that forgiveness is command. 
The second one is that Christ is our example in forgiveness. And the third one is that forgiveness is not a light switch. It's a fire. And when you light a fire, it doesn't blaze up right away and is ready to go to cook something or to heat a room. You have to put kindling on it and you work your way up to that blazing fire. These things build and they grow and they take time. And it's yeah. it's a painful subject. And I know many of us have been hurt. I mean, I think all of us have been, right? And so the idea of forgiveness being something that is like a learning, growing experience, I think is super powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, recently, in the past, like, three years, I went through something with one of my um, former best friends now where she she really hurt me in a lot of different ways, and it's definitely taking a lot of time for me to be able to forgive her, and I'm slowly being able to work up to that point, mm-hmm. but as Alyssa said, it really, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be overnight. It's taking, it takes time. No, absolutely, and I think it's also important to note in the first point that not only is forgiveness a command, it's dependent upon repentance, it's actually directly linked to our souls. And Matthew 18, 21 to 35 records a discussion and then a parable on Jesus discussing this topic. And it starts by Peter asking, Lord, you know, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother who comes to me? And what is Jesus' answer? 70 times seven which doesn't mean, okay, only 490 times. What Jesus was using was hyperbole to show him exaggerated amounts of numbers, saying no, there is no limit to forgiveness in the life of a believer. And then he actually goes on to explain the heart behind forgiveness by teaching a parable of the unforgiving servant. And the servant owed a king 10,000 talents, or 60 million days of work, an unforgivable debt, And the king, in his kindness and mercy, forgives this servant of his debt. And then this same servant threatens another servant with debtor's prison for failing to return his debt of 100 denarii, or 100 days of work. Now, that's a large debt, but it's not impossible to pay back. And yet the wicked servant refuses to forgive, refuses to extend a mercy and grace that he himself was given from the king, and throws the other servant into prison. Now, some of the other servants see this happening and they think, oh my goodness, this servant was just forgiven 60 million days of work. And they go to the king and tell him. And this is the king's response. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailer until he should pay all his debt. Jesus then closed the parable by stating the following warning. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And then obviously the the next question is, okay, so is this parable teaching that we can lose our salvation if we don't forgive? And of course the answer to that is no. There is nothing in the life of a believer that threatens our salvation because the Holy Spirit has sealed us until the day of redemption. Absolutely. What Jesus is teaching here is that true believers will forgive those who sin against them. And that doesn't mean that it's something that is gonna, the second you accept Christ, that's gonna be something you're gonna be good at. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You can be a Christian, you can have been a Christian for many, many years, and forgiveness can still be something extremely hard. All that means is that the Holy Spirit is in you, filling in those gaps where you 
are well, where we fail, right? And building you and growing you and teaching you in that. No, absolutely. And this actually, that perfectly leads into the second point that Christ is our example. We're not going through life guessing on how we're supposed to interact with others because Jesus has walked this life. He understands our suffering and he has given us clear instruction on how we interact with others, especially when it comes to forgiveness. And to note the above point, when we refuse to forgive others who have sinned against us, we are actually telling God that the debt of our offender is more grievous and more serious than the debt of sin we owed God. And Paul teaches this in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4 when he states, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So immediately, Paul lays to rest any type of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles that was going on at that time, saying, no, God has forgiven your eternal debt of sin, so you can forgive, in comparison, this small debt of one another, that God in Christ is your example. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's also very important to um, talk about the fact that forgiveness is not becoming as close as friends with that person if they hurt you or like having that relationship be perfect again. There's this video um, from PragerU. Um, it's called Forgiveness. It's one of their five minute videos. It's by Dr. Stephen Marmer. And he's talking about how that there are three different types of forgiveness. And one of them is is basically, yes, you forgive them, you're friends again. Like everything, the slate is wiped clean. That's the words that he used. But then there's two more that one of them is you forgive them, but you hold them at arm's length. And then the third one is where they're not repentive, but in a way you just let it go. And so that in, person... Within yourself. Within yourself. So that person is not living, in his words, rent-free in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what I would say to that is actually, in one of the points I want to make, is that... Christ's example of forgiveness shows us that forgiveness is dependent upon repentance. So you, if you have a party that is not truly repentant, forgiveness can't take place. So I would say the call to the believer in that way is linked to, again, a topic that Paul addresses in Ephesians 4 of not allowing a root of bitterness to spring up in you. So you don't have, forgiveness and reconciliation can't take place because this offender is not truly repentant. They're just saying sorry. However, that doesn't mean you say in your heart, oh, ha, they are not truly repentant, so I don't need to forgive them. No, no, no. That's not the spirit of forgiveness. We are always called to have a spirit of forgiveness. And striving for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chris Bronze talks about it like this gift that you wrap up and you give it to someone. And they can open it up if they repent. They can open up this gift and receive forgiveness. But it's always there. You're not harboring this in your heart. You're not thinking about it 24-7, thinking, oh, I'm so mad at them. Why did they do this to me? Why did I have to go through that, et cetera? You have a spirit of forgiveness, even though the actual, um, what do you call it? The exchange has not taken place. The spirit is there. Yeah, and isn't it beautiful that that God calls us to things that are actually good for us? And Mm -hmm. it's like, Forgiveness truly is good for us. The uh, Mayo Clinic actually talks about the health benefits for us that it brings. And some of those are like healthier relationships. That one's kind of obvious. Uh, but even like less anxiety, stress, and hostility, fewer symptoms of depression, lower blood pressure even, 
um, a stronger immune system, an improved heart. Like, there's so much that following the design God has for you can even do to help yourself. Mm-hmm. God's intentions for his people are always good. He never does anything, never allows anything even. Even though when, when trage- tragedies strike, they raise questions. But, you know, forgiveness is not a command because God hates us. Absolutely. He loves us and he wants us to be in fellowship, not only with those who have harmed us, if it's possible to be in fellowship with them. And we'll go over that later when it comes to more sensitive topics like what do I do with an abusive family member? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to be buddy-buddy again? And I would argue no, that there's yeah. such a thing as healthy boundaries. And that would go into the last part of Chris Bronze's definition saying that just because there's forgiveness and there's reconciliation, there's no bitterness that's going to be harbored, that doesn't mean that the consequences just go away. Yeah. That doesn't mean that maybe the abuse victim just, oh, PTSD is gone or family struggles because of the abuse just disappear. No, there are still consequences and sometimes those consequences look like prison Yeah. in some cases. Sometimes they look like, you know what, we're only going to see you once a year. Low contact. Low contact, things like that. And you know what, that's okay. Absolutely. I want to um, I want to point some fact. My dad has talked about a lot about how you never burn bridges, and I kind of want to bring that into it and talk mm-hmm. about how there's a difference between burning bridges and going low contact. Well, well, what I'm meaning is like, okay, it goes back to the thing of like, like Alyssa said, like you can give them the gift of forgiveness, but they don't necessarily, like they don't always take it if that makes sense. But it's like you make sure that you're right and that you're not the one who like burned the bridge. And if you did, mm-hmm. you like you go back and you fix what was wrong or you like apologize and stuff like that. So it's like one of those things where it's like you never burn the bridge. Cause one- Yeah, you wanna make sure your conscience is mm-hmm. clear. Like I've done everything I can, it's on them yeah. now. Cause you never know how one, they'll come back into your life, they could come back into your life. Or mm-hmm. two, like, I mean, just in general, like it's more right. like she said about it being healthy for you and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that's where scripture really protects like God's word really protects his people because there's clear um, steps to take. Like if you have a grievance against your brother, you need to go to him. Please stop coming to me and telling me all the things that are wrong. So you can even put that boundary up. Like I'm praying for you. I care about you, but I can't help you with this situation. If it's really this bad, you need to go to that person and tell them because that's what the Bible says that you need to do. Absolutely. And if you don't do that, either you're guilty of you can be guilty of bitterness you can be guilty of gossip yeah you can just put that boundary up scripture tells you that you need to go to the person if this Mm -hmm. offense is that big in your mind yeah and that's gonna shut them up right away because they're gonna know they can't gossip with you they can't you can't be their therapist that leads really well into the third point that reconciliation is inextricably linked with forgiveness romans 5 11 More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Not only does God forgive us in Christ, we are also reconciled back to God and have peace with him. Colossians 1.19 says the same thing. So I guess in situations where reconciliation has not taken place or can't take place because there's no repentance, it's not... While the gift of forgiveness is there, it's not 
incumbent upon you to say, I forgive them. Because as Chris Bronze will more accurately lay out in his book than I can do, is he'll say that people saying they forgive even when there's no repentance on that party's part or there's bitterness of them towards you, all that does is it mitigates the crime against you. Mm -hmm. And it kind of mitigates your own pain saying, I forgive them. I'm just going to brush it under the rug. It's like, no, you don't need to say you forgive them. I'm not holding bitterness against them. Forgiveness is available if they want it. But there's, yeah. our relationship is not okay. And it's okay to say that. Yes. I also think that, like, with forgiveness, do not, and this is for every single person who needs to forgive, do not just say that you forgive and not deal with your emotions and the side effects that you have from whatever happened. Because it will come back to bite you later. It will come back to hurt you even worse later. And then you'll have a lot more to deal with than you did beforehand. Absolutely. And I'm a huge proponent of biblical counseling. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to look like paying for a session at a counseling center. It can look like a conversation with your pastor, a conversation with a Christian mentor that you really look up to. Yeah. To say, hey, can we go to coffee? There's just something on my heart that I'm struggling to work through and I need your help. Um, on that topic, I think it's wise for every Christian to either find a mentor, um, biblical counseling, one of those things. I think that it's literally instructed in the Bible. I think it is so important. Mentorship is such a beautiful picture of what Christian life is meant to look like, of the shepherd discipling or the older women teaching the younger women, the older men teaching the younger men, as is outlined in Titus 2. That's what Christianity is supposed to look like. We're supposed to live in community and have community with one another. We're not supposed to be individuals on our own islands. And I think this topic of forgiveness shows why, because it's so complex. And I'm sure a lot of things that I've said in this podcast don't make sense. And there are still a lot of questions that come up throughout this discussion. But that just shows why community is so important, mm -hmm. because these questions are hard. They're hard to answer, but thankfully, God gave us his word and yeah. as Ellie pointed out just the side effects of living in a forgiving spirit are so good for us and Absolutely. for our spirits and one of the things that I think is really important through all these friendship situations and relationships is just to rely on God and to realize that he really is your best friend and he is going to be the one who always has your back absolutely all right I think that about wraps up our podcast for today so let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence, and as Romans 5.11 says, More than that, we also rejoice in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thank you for listening. This is Self-Evident. <laughs>